Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. Okay, well, it's a short sermon in the park, so you can, uh, you can kind of relax around that. But what I've normally tried to do is to do a short sermon that I mostly have in my head so that um, I can come and get close to you guys. But it didn't work out that way in terms of... Uh, what I felt I should share with you today, it required my notes here. So, and it's also going to require your participation and that of the worship team behind me because as I was pondering, the beauty that we live in here in the Northwest and particularly the setting for this service, that old hymn, it's about 150 years old, for the beauty of the earth came to mind. And so, Here's what we're gonna do. It's gonna be fairly short, fairly quick, just a few thoughts, but what we're gonna do is take the first four verses. There are actually eight. We're not gonna do all eight, um, but we're gonna sing it. It's in, your, uh, it's in your program. We're gonna sing each verse, and then we're gonna talk about it briefly, and then we're gonna come back and sing the next verse, talk about it briefly, and then we're gonna go for lunch, okay? Sounds good? Good, amen. Okay, so the first verse goes like, from our birth over and around us lies and it started way back in the very beginning verse 1 of Genesis 1 says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and we are the recipients of that love today Psalm 19 1 says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork and I love Psalm 8 that says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Friends, these are all expressions of God's love. The beauty around us is a result going all the way back to creation and God's love. And now our ability to participate with him in continuing that forward in seeing God's kingdom come in so many different ways. As we turn back Genesis chapter three and the fall, we have an opportunity to continue to create beauty. Remember a few years ago, Hans Borsma, a theologian from Regent College at the time, was with us and Hans talked about how the beauty around us is sacramental. It, it is a means of understanding God's presence and his love and his grace in our lives. I was thinking about that when I came across a passage from Mar Marilyn Robinson's book, Gilead. Some of you may be familiar with that. And the uh, individual that was commenting on a paragraph in her book said this. He said, her writing helps us see 
and savor the divine in the midst of the mundane. In an off-sighted passage, she invites readers to consider the ordinary, in this instance, water from a new vantage point. In her book, Gilead, the Congregationalist minister, John Ames, know his time on earth is coming to an end. So he writes a series of letters to his young son, and Ames shares a memory of an earlier time when he watched a young couple stroll on a leisurely walk in the morning. And this is now quoting from Gilead. The sun had come up brilliantly after a heavy rain, and the trees were glistening and very wet. On some impulse, plain exuberance, I suppose, the fellow jumped up, caught hold of a branch, and a storm of luminous water came pouring down on the two of them. And they laughed and took off running. The girl sweeping water off her hair and her dress as if she was a little bit disgusted, but she wasn't. It was a beautiful thing to see, like something from a myth. It goes on to say, I don't know why I thought of that now, except perhaps it's easy to believe that in such moments that water was made primarily for blessing. Baptism, blessing, anointing. Water was made primarily for blessing and only secondarily for growing vegetables or doing the wash. I wish I had more, paid more attention to it. My list of regrets may seem unusual, but who can know that they are really, and we live in an interesting planet and it deserves all the attention we can give it. Nature, God's creation is sacramental. It's an expression of God's love for us and our response is the words of praise that we have given. I wonder how many of you remember this song. If you remember this song, we're not going to sing it because I would embarrass Pastor Casey if I attempted to lead the song. But if you remember the words, and I'm betting some of you do, say them along with me and think about them. And if you don't know this song, listen to the words of this song. In the stars, his handiwork I see. On the wind, he speaks with majesty. Though he ruleth over land and sea, what is that to me? Come on, you guys, some of you know this one. I will celebrate nativity, for it has a place in history. Is that helping a little bit to remember it? Sure, he came to set his people free. What is that to me? Till by faith I met him face to face, and I felt the wonder of his grace. Then I knew that he was more than just a God who didn't care, who lived away up there, and now he walks beside me day by day, ever watching lest I stray, helping me to find the narrow way. He's everything to me. <clears throat> Thank you, Ralph Carmichael from the 1970s, I think, somewhere. Okay, second verse, Casey.
talks about the wonder of each hour. Each hour that we are alive is a gift. Each hour of the day and night, hill and vale, tree and flower, sun and moon and stars of light. Friends, as I was pondering this, I realized that all of us, virtually all of us need to slow down and enjoy each hour that God has given us. Some of us here are, are busy raising children and busy is an understatement, especially when dad and mom work and are trying to raise the family. But others may be retired here and uh, one of the refrains that I hear from retired people is, I don't know how I got everything done before I retired. That has been something of a refrain. And so it's important, I think, for us to recognize that we need to slow down. There's a poem that goes back to the 1940s. I can't, I can't believe that this was the 1940s because um, it seems like life has sped up so much since then. But this is called Time of the Mad Adam. This is the age of the half-read page and the quick hash and the mad dash and the bright night with the nerves tight, the plane hop and the brief stop, the lamp fan in a short span, the big shot in a good spot and the brain strain and the heart pain and the cat naps till the spinning snaps and the fun's over. <laughs> a little disturbing about the pace of life, is it not? God tells us we need to enter into each season of our life with joy. And there are seasons. Remember the author of Ecclesiastes says, For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. Friends, we don't often have the opportunity to choose the season of life that we find ourselves in. But as Pastor Jan reminded us last week, the Lord who is our shepherd is with us in each one of the seasons of our lives as we seek to make most of each hour. Paul put it this way. He said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. It's another way of saying, make the most of every hour that God has given us. How do we do it? Well, we slow down. Tammy Strobel's offers some tips. So think about these and uh, one or another of these may strike home as something you can do, take with you today to slow down in the midst of the busyness of life. Turn off your phone. Delete your social media accounts or use them sparingly. You know, grace is a wonderful thing, but guilt really works quickly. Um, so if these apply, uh, I'll let you deal with it. Create a meaningful morning routine. Savor your coffee and tea or whatever it is that you enjoy. Stop multitasking. Simplify your to-do list. Read a book. Take a walk. Write in your journal, 
Say no more often, except when the pastor asks you to volunteer at church. Start a creative practice that helps you slow down. And I love this one as well. The last one is find community. This is community. This is family. Jesus spoke to the multitudes. He had 12. He had three that were particularly close to him. And it seems that John was fairly special. And so we encourage you to be a part of a small group because we all need community. We're not doing as well when we are on our own. Casey, let's go for verse number three. the pastor going to say about the ear and the eye? Well, the ear and the eye represent our bodies, and we are truly, fearfully, and wonderfully made. Listen to some of these revelations of how our body works. The average human heart pumps over a thousand gallons a day, over 55 million gallons in a lifetime. That's enough to fill 13 super tankers. It never sleeps, beating 2.5 billion times a lifetime. The lungs contain 1,000 miles of capillaries. The process of exchanging oxygen for carbon dioxide is so complicated, it's more difficult to exchange oxygen for carbon uh, monoxide, dioxide than for a man to be shot out of a cannon to carve the Lord's Prayer on the head of a pin as he passes by. I have no idea who came up with that. <laughs> DNA contains about 2,000 genes per chromosome. 1.8 meters of DNA are folded into each cell nucleus. A nucleus is six microns long. That's like putting 30 miles of fishing line into a cherry pit. And it isn't simply stuffed in, it's folded in. If folded one way, the cell becomes a skin cell, another way a liver cell, and so forth. To write out the information in one cell would take 300 volumes, each volume 500 pages thick. The human body contains enough DNA that if it were stretched out, it would circle the sun 260 times. The body uses energy efficiently. If an average adult rides a bike for one hour and 10 minutes, it uses the amount of energy contained in three ounces of carbohydrate. If a car were this efficient with gasoline, it would get 900 miles to the gallon. I hope you paid attention. There will be a short quiz following the service this morning. I love the way kids talk about the body. Do you remember Art Linkletter? Some of you are old enough to remember. Is it kids say the darndest things? Is that what, it, is that what he said? Well, I, I just love it. So Sam Jarrett said that his wife was grading a science test at home and had given her elementary school kids uh, some instruction. And the subject was the human body. And the first question was, name one of the major functions of the skin. And one child wrote, to keep people who look at you from throwing up. <laughs> I love that. So there's a mistake that we sometimes make as Christians, thinking that the body is bad and the spirit is good. 
And the New Testament uses the word sarx to refer to the flesh and soma to refer to the body. And God created this body and he created it good. Do you remember when Adam and Eve were created? He said it was very good. And the psalmist reflects on our formation, the formation of our bodies when he says in Psalm 139, for you formed me in my in excuse me, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Remember that Jesus became incarnate. He took on human form. Our bodies are something that he chose to identify with. Our bodies are also the temple of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, we read, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Paul further reminds us what we can do with the bodies that we have been given. In verse 1 of chapter 12 of Romans, he says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that, you, that by testing you may discern what is the will of the Lord, good and acceptable and perfect for us, for our bodies. So we serve God with our heart, with our minds, with our spirits, and with our eyes and our ears, as the hymn says, and with the rest of us. And now, finally, because stomachs are growling out there, verse 4. love, the self-giving love that God gave in giving his son to come into the world to become the means by which our sins are forgiven. For Jesus, the son, to come and go through the whole process of becoming the means by which our sins are forgiven. And that amazing love is a self-giving love. We also see, interestingly, in the scripture that love is something that describes the relationships that we have with each other, the love between brother, sister, parent, child, husband, wife, grandparent, and the family of God. Isaiah says this, he says, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? It's been such a wonderful season to be a grandparent and to be around little ones once again and to see the the wonder in the parents eyes of the beauty of this child that has come into their lives we find that god's love is poured out in and through our hearts in these ways paul expresses the degree to which we should love our family and the family of god he says 
in Romans 12, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Isn't that incredible? It, it would really take some time to unpack that. What does that mean for us to outdo one another in showing honor to one another? And then we couldn't talk about love without being reminded of the great commandment where in Mark 12, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I close with a classic Jewish tale from the Midrash, a story that I just love. It's a story of how they discovered the site for the temple. It's a Jewish mythical story, but beautiful nonetheless. There were two brothers, and each of them in ancient times farmed a field. One brother was single, the other brother was married and had children. And as they began to work their fields and they prospered, they each developed a granary. But as they aged, the brother that was single thought about his brother who had the children and the needs that he would have in his family. And so at night, he would slip across from his field into his brother's and into the granary and deposit some extra grain that he had brought from his granary. But the brother that was married worried about his single brother and his future. He didn't have children to look after him, and so his brother felt he needed some economic advantage, and so he took grain from his granary and brought it into his brother's granary. And of course, the beautiful story is that one night when they were doing this deed, they ran into each other, and they embraced in the love, the rich love that was expressed in that way and that according to jewish tradition is how the site of the temple was found where brother met brother and met god in love i'm going to ask you to stand now and uh, we're going to finish up with singing the entire four verses that we have done to this point and uh I want you to notice now the chorus especially. So I have gone over the words of the first four stanzas of this, the first four verses. But how do we respond today, September 3rd, 2023? How do we respond to this? Well, I don't know of a better response to the fact that we have the beauty of the earth, the wonder of each hour, the joy of ear and eye and the joy of human love and how do we respond well in the words of the hymn lord of all to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise